what, how'd you, did you wake up when you were little and say, I am gonna do that? Hell no. <laughs> I, uh... What kind of advice would you give somebody? But one thing I learned is reverse psychology is awesome, right? Yeah. And so, hey, Jude, don't be afraid. Who do we have today? Judd Lavender. Before we jump into this, first question, what living room am I sitting in? I'm leaving. I just leave the room. Oh, no. Buckle up. It's the Insurance Dudes Podcast. Before we jump into this, first question, what living room am I sitting in? That's an 80s sitcom. Easy. Ooh. Crap. Easy because I know, but I don't remember the name. So hold on, I've got, I've got it. It's um, Ooh, give me a character. Uh, hold on, I, I know it. Uh, Fuller House, Full House. Yes. There we go. Craig got it. Craig I couldn't get, get it because he hated the show. I hated it. If it came on and my sister wanted to watch it, I'm just like, no, I'm leaving. Cut I just leave it. the room. Oh. <laughs> oh no! You got there we go. go. <laughs> do that to you me. You got just it, like, dude. I, I can't. No, stop. <laughs> you got it, dude. <laughs> they did well for themselves. They did. They did. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she learned how to get her kids into good colleges too. Oh, that's Isn't right. Isn't she the one that's in prison now, or headed that way? Gosh, dude! It's everybody from every everybody that we thought was good. From the 80s, it's not good. You, you, know, watch the is you, you have this ghost microphone. I love it. Every now yeah. and then, the bar shows up. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it shows up. Oh, yeah. It's trippy. It's... Even little Gary Coleman wasn't good. Yeah. It's too that bad. One. That's Dang. what you're talking about, Willis. That's not Gary Coleman. Wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, no, that is. That is. That is. Yeah. yeah. I think he died, though. If he did it, then I'm sorry that you. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Let's so. move past '80s sitcom uh, <laughs> trivia. <laughs> yeah. So, so you've been uh, financial in, in the financial side of financial and life side uh, with a carrier who will remain nameless for for how long now? Uh, going on 16 years. Sixteen years. What? What? Then uh, about four years prior to that. So twenty twenty years in the industry. Wow, awesome. And what? How'd you? Did you wake up when you were little and say, "I am gonna do that"? Hell no. (laughs) I uh, I actually, you guys, I I tell clients this all the time. It's kind of a fun story, but in college, I, I was going into finance, but I was working in a dental office as a dental assistant, which made no sense at all and my uh my wife told me to get a job at the bank i was a teller at the local bank there were 19 branches i was in their home office the owner of the bank came in one day looked at me and said why are you a teller i was the only male teller in the bank (laughs) and uh three hours later i was promoted to the trust department had Mm, literally two months experience as a teller and i was doing trusts and he later faced uh, some scrutiny for, um, <laughs> for saying that. Yeah, for uh, th- there was a study done, and there were no men that were not in management positions, right? And so mm. 
I just lucked out being a guy. That's really all it came down to. Got promoted and, and my job there was trading stocks and bonds for the bank. They taught me how to do it. I loved it and the rest is history. So wow. not, not the path I was going to take, but it all worked out that way. Yeah. That's crazy. So four years doing that, um, why did you end up leaving? So I was only there for about a year. He he bragged oh. about paying me a little wage for what I did, right? He he knew that he could get good service for nothing. And uh, mm. so I left there to go work for a, a, uh, a large outfit um, uh, that will rename, remain nameless, I guess, and worked there for about three years and then came over to where I'm at now. Um, I wanted to get into more of the individual planning side, helping clients with, with assets. In fact, when I came to where I'm at today, my goal was to do more of the, uh, the planning side of it and working with assets. Uh, it evolved because I'm with an insurance company. It evolved to life insurance. In fact, when I came over 15 years ago, I think I'd probably only done two or three life insurance policies. You know, wow, so interesting. it's definitely changed, definitely changed. So coming, like I, I came from a wirehouse. And so um, it, it's interesting because at the wirehouse, they'll point fingers at the insurance and say, oh, I can't believe people, you know, that it's all overpriced, all these other things. Of course, you know, they, they, they're going to say all these things. How have, how was that transition for you? Was it like, oh, I didn't realize that these vehicles can do such amazing things for people? Yeah, it's um, again, probably the first two or three years of being here, I did, I did not want to do life insurance, right? Mm -hmm. It was investments and my background. I wanted to be a stock jockey and right. I, I really enjoyed the whole investment side of it. It wasn't till 2000, what would that be? 2009, 2008, that uh, when the market corrected, I realized that the, the benefit I had that my friends did not have is that I also offered other services. I could deal mm -hmm. with life insurance, long-term care, disability. Uh, so it, it, I wasn't just driven by the markets where a lot of guys, the stock jockeys really took a, a step backwards at that time. Yeah. So I had to retool and offer what, what I was here to offer. It allowed me to reset and become more holistic and help people with everything. You know, we're, we're, we shouldn't be a one-stop shop. We should offer every product we have available based on their needs, not just based on slinging a product. And when I learned how to do needs-based selling, my life took off. So talk about that a little bit, because I think um, people do get stuck on maybe one or two things that they're selling, and they're and they're selling it, right? Um, so how did that, what was that shift for you? And, and what exact steps did you take to make that sh shift to do the needs-based analysis? And um, yeah, talk about that process. I'm interested. It, as crazy as it's going to sound, the shift was a good friend of mine one day. He's pretty successful in the industry, right? His, his vision was always to make enough money to buy his own island. <laughs> his, dreams, wow. his dreams were a lot bigger than mine, right? But um his his comment he made to me one day, this is going to sound really crazy. I've said this before in, in meetings I've been in, and hopefully it's not taken the wrong way. But he said the thing that made him successful is getting the clients to like you enough to ask you to spend the night. 
and not not in that manner, <laughs> right? But just just like if a good friend's over, it's raining out, and you say, "Hey, dude, instead of instead of driving home tonight, we got an extra room. Just spend the night, right?" Yeah. And um, I kind of I sat back and thought about that a lot, and and the other piece I learned is people do business with people they like, right? So long story short, I learned to slow down. Instead of walking through a door knowing or thinking I knew what I was going to sell, slinging an insurance product or, or whatever it be, I went in the door truly wanting to learn about the customer sitting in front of me. And when I slowed down and asked them, hey, what can I do to, to help you? Why am I here? That's my favorite opening line I use all the time. Why am I here today? If it's on the phone, in person, why am I here? And let the conversation guide me. I never go into a conversation with a, with an end in sight, uh, predetermined that I'm going to do, right? Mm. So I don't know walking into a customer if I'm going to write a life insurance policy, if I'm going to do something with assets. But in doing so, I've learned that I can talk about it all because it all goes together. So when I slow down, I ask them, why am I here? What mm -hmm. do you have? What do you have going for you? Hey, that's awesome. You guys need life insurance. But before we get into that, what assets do you have? You know, I've, I've been able to uncover more assets in the last five years than I ever did in my career by using life insurance. And it's those conversations in life insurance that have led me that way. Because mm -hmm. I'm slowing down with the customer. I'm truly putting them first and, and giving the, the solution to their needs. You, I think so you've changed up your, your framework, right? You, you came yeah, with and a I don't, different... I don't really have a canned pitch. You know, I was right. thinking about it last night. I, I met with a couple that are mind-blowing. They, they own um, commercial real estate all over the country. They've got a $5 million apartment complex that just built out in Chicago, right? These guys are super, super wealthy. And um, they want to work with me. And I left there and I thought, why me? You know, you got, you got these big hobnob guys you can go to. And it's because we, we had fun together. Yeah. You know, 30% of our meeting was talking about business. The rest of it was talking about them. And the yeah. guy, he told me the guy they interviewed before me was all business. People want to be liked. You're authentic. They, they want the authenticity, you know, and yeah. so... Through that, learning and having confidence in what you do, it all it all comes together anyways, you know. But people also smell commission breath. Yeah. yeah. You're dying to get that life cell that you haven't had, they know, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I hard to get works in dating, hard to get works in what we do for life cells. So uh, we don't we don't need to be desperate. Right. No, it's so true. I mean, you see that not, I mean, that's not even a, that's just a sales lesson in general, right? Yep. Like you see it all the time. Um, <clears throat> we just talked to, I just talked to some of my agents in, in our agency and uh, they're, they're struggling a little bit with some sales and it's same thing. I could tell that they're used to getting a lot of sales and now they're not. So now they're in that, like almost like more of a desperate kind of mode where they they're just trying to sell they're trying to sell it's like dude slow down like go back to when you were selling a lot and you didn't care about the sale and you were just hey excited and, and connected with the person how much do you think your sales overall let's take even the last year are based on the relationship and how much are based on some sort of closing skill that you have 
I see that. I don't feel like I have a closing skill. Um, I don't feel like I'm a, a super salesy guy, right? I just, I, I, I just like the relationship. In fact, I tell people that all the time when they meet with me that if you like relationships, you got the right guy. If you don't, sorry, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the one that's that's gonna chill with you and hang out, you know. And you might have to tell me to shut up and get me out of your house. That's cool. But uh, I also don't have people shop me, and I can say that as honestly as can be. I was on a I was on a call this morning with one of the agents uh, in my company up in Seattle. I, I think you guys have actually had him on here before, um, Jeremy Olson. Mm-hmm. And oh, Jeremy cool. and I were talking, and he, he gets up in Seattle. He gets a lot of people shopping product. Uh, now on the life side, it's different than property and casualty, but. I probably couldn't name more than 10 people in the last two years that have shopped me. And I think that's because they're doing business. They're, they're buying me, not the product. And I always lead with me, not the product, right? Mm. We're in to have conversation. We're to talk about why they're here today, what they need, what they want. The very, very end, we pitch product. We never mm. lead with product. Right. Well, you find the need. Yeah. If, if you're going to, if you solve the problem, Instead of just presenting the answer before you even know what the answer is, I mean, yeah, it's it's a totally different thing. And I think especially the younger guys will come in and and you know, well, I got this annuity. It's like, whoa, well, pump the brakes, you know, back yeah. it up here a second. Well, yeah. I've also seen people get a little, and again, to me, it's too salesy where people come in with, uh, I'm, we're going to sell you income replacement. Dude, just tell them you're selling them a freaking life policy, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and my my producer that works with me is phenomenal at what he does. He's great at closing techniques and all that stuff. And he said it best. He's like, why skirt around it? Why make it sexy? Say it for what it is. If you believe in what you're doing, don't be ashamed of it. I sell yeah. life insurance. I help families. I pay death benefits. Mm. You know, and I'm a... I'm storyteller too so i that's how i sell a lot of stuff i think is just i got someone in front of me they're going to hear about one of my recent death claims they're going to hear about something that happened because people buy on emotion right Mm. they don't buy it because we tell them to they buy because they want to we always present a choice and they they take the choice they want they make the choice Mm. i'm staring at you guys down there and my eyes probably look like they're closed i'm not used to like Cameras up here. They're down. <laughs> so good. You're doing good. I love that. So, when did you learn that? Like, what? What's your method with storytelling? Like, that's just for me. It's just natural. That's who I am. I got diarrhea of the mouth, right? I like to <laughs> to gab and talk. And um, but again, that's how I buy. And I guess maybe that's the thing for me is you can put all the detail. I'm not an engineer. You know, we're sales guys for a reason. You can put all the numbers you want in front of me. It doesn't matter. Dude, show me what's the best option. That's all I care about. And why is this the best option? You know, you just, uh, Craig, you just mentioned annuities a minute ago. I did a, I did an annuity sell. And I won't go too deep on this, but um, I was out working with a guy who's a $500,000 case. He's an existing customer. And... I started in on, you know, why why this product I had made sense for him. 
And I, and I said, which I do often, I said, you know, actually, this is one that I've used with my own parents. And this is why I used it for my parents. And I tell him how it helped my parents. And I must have said my parents three or four times. And he goes, dude, obviously, it worked for your parents. <laughs> he goes, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. Let's sign the paper. It, it scared me, but it was cool. You know, he's like, yeah. if you trust this enough to use with your own family, I'm good. And I said, well, hold on. We haven't even got into the details of this yet. Let's talk a little more. And then, you know, it made me a little nervous how quick things moved. But we got it. I slowed down, went through everything. But people want to know, A, they're not alone. Everyone else is doing what they're doing. And that, that they're going to be taken care of. And I think momentum is huge. Momentum in clientele, momentum in, in sales, you know, my business took off when I started selling larger clients. I remember coming home all excited because I'd get a $50,000 rollover. Now I don't like $50,000 rollovers. I'll do them, okay. but they're not, they're not as sexy. You know, in the last two days, my last two cases, they're not written yet, but they're opportunities. 830000 yesterday, 880000 today. I wow. used to dream about days like that, and now they're happening often. And a lot of it is just when you elevate yourself to a new level, it, that's where you go. You float at that level, right? And so I, just, I think that's a lot to it, too. With momentum, just like basketball, I might be a fat little kid now, but I, I once played basketball as a point guard. <laughs> and the reason why we have momentum is when we're cooking, man, we get loose. Yeah. And, and you got to stay loose to hit your shots. And it's the same thing with our business. When we're tight, as, as you said earlier, Jason, people people can sense it. You know, they smell the commission breath. Yeah. And yeah. you either got to fake it at that time or overcome it. Got to shift. People sense momentum. Yeah. You've got to shift that focus right to them. You know, it's like the, if there's any swing thought in your mind, it's, it's that, right? Like, hey, I got to, it can't be about me going into this conversation. Well, and then on top of that, too, when you're having success, the worst thing you can do is go paint the house, right? It's what one yeah. of my old managers used to always tell us. You get a big case, don't paint the house, get the next case. Yeah. That is when yeah. momentum's working in your favor, right? Right. Your yep. feet are already moving on the treadmill. Don't stop and fall on your face. You keep going. Yeah. Run faster. Run you faster. That's what I say to my, my PNC staff I'll, when they get a big, you know, a big uh, multi-line or whatever, I'll go, you know what the best thing to do after you have a big sale? What? Do another one. <laughs> just got to keep pushing because you, you're hot, right? You don't stop yep. shooting the ball when you're hot. You got to keep going because they have the confidence. And that's a huge thing, too. You know, especially for somebody jumping into this industry that may not have the confidence. If you don't feel confident, you got to act confident. Make it yep. till you make it, man. That's yeah. that's why the phrase exists. Yeah. What about go for the no? So go for the no is silly. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it it evolved. I did a I did a webinar two three years ago, and just kind of shared a process we were using, and it kind of took off. But long story short, raising kids myself, um, as you guys know, it's it's interesting, right? Right before I got on this call, I was out fixing my kitchen sink. My son tore my sink apart today, guys. Oh, uh, great. Yeah, yeah. I got to go buy a new one now. I don't know what he did, but I can't, I can't fix it. So he decided to take it apart. I don't know why. 
And, uh, and so those are the joys of parenthood. But one thing I learned is reverse psychology is awesome, right? Yeah. And so I'll take it back to coaching softball. I couldn't get, I couldn't get my daughter to swing the bat when she was younger. And she learned that if she stood in the batter's box long enough, she'd get walked. And so she would stand there and then she'd celebrate when she got the first pace. <laughs> and the next girl would get up and she'd get walked and they'd be throwing their hands in the air. I did it. I did it. And I'm like, no, this is not what we're trying to teach. So I actually started paying my daughter 20 bucks to swing the bat. Wow. You get up to bat and you, you take three solid swings or hit the ball. You know, if you strike out, I'll pay you. She's like, what are you talking about? And what my thought was is if I could get her comfortable swinging the bat, I could work on her hitting, right? Mm. But as long as she's yeah. not swinging the bat, I can't coach hitting. And um, I, I, I was sitting there one day and I thought, man, I could use this with getting staff to ask about life insurance. So I was in one of the offices and I had a gal that was really good at what she did, but she could not talk about life insurance to anyone. And so I said, here's the deal. If you can get 20 people to tell you no, I'll give you a hundred bucks. She goes, done. That's easy. So 20 in a row, 20 in a row, hundred bucks. Still, I can do it. She never did it. She couldn't do it. So she, she took the challenge and I, I gave her my script that I wanted her to use. And lo and behold, she would get five, six, seven, eight no's, two yeses, three no's, a yes, <laughs> three yeses in a row. Right. Mm. And what I what I was using there is a getting her to swing the bat so I could coach her a little bit. But B, I wanted her to see you ask enough people. I don't care how dumb you are. Right. Someone's going to say yes. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you can sound like the biggest idiot on the phone. <laughs> and if you hit the timing right and I'll take that right back to softball, my same daughter that same year. No, no real coaching involved. We're in the all-star games for little league softball. She swings the bat so she can get her 20 bucks, hits a ball <laughs> over the fence. She Boom. hit her first run wow. off of my $20 challenge because it was the perfect pitch. Yeah. Perfect pitch, perfect swing, just connected at the right time, right? Of course, uh -huh. fences are closer at that age, but <laughs> um, but she she got her home run. And it's the same thing. I see staff take our challenge and say, hey. 20 no's. That's all I'm asking for. Get me 20 no's. Prove me that it's going to happen. And they can't do it. You know, and so then we evolved to, we'll pay you for 20 no's. doesn't even have to be 20 in a row. You get 20 no's. I've got offices that'll pay 20 bucks for 20 no's, 100 bucks for 20 no's. Um, in my wife's agency, she's got a PNC agency. She does, I think it's $50 for 20 no's right now. And, um, we're, we had a situation not too long ago where they were at 13 yeses and seven no's. Mm, and those are wow. killer stats, right? Yes. Amazing. Again, yes. It's, we're not opening our mouths. That's all it comes back to. Second phase to that is habit. The more we ask, the more it becomes habit. And it just becomes natural. So timing is going to play a factor, habit. And then we, we have our script that we use. And I feel like the script we put together is pretty proven. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's got some cells, uh, chemistry behind it, I guess, if you will, to help, but that's, that's, that's that. So that's any, no, no, any little nuggets trying to get no's we're hoping for yeses, but no's get us. Sure. Of course. Yeah. But but, well, fail. If, if, like if, yeah, 
Yeah, sorry. That's what go I ahead. was going to say. Go, you yeah, go. You, don't, you don't fail if you're trying to get a no. So yeah. they don't ever feel that, like, moment of defeat. It's like either they win the 20 bucks because they got all the no's, and that's exactly what they were trying to do, or they fail and they win getting the policy, right? Or the and appointment that, or whatever it may be. And that's why I say it's so silly, because in my mind, I was like, well, this is dumb. But people are like, hey, this is cool. You know, and I had... I had uh, one of the gals at my wife's office tell me that. She goes, you know what's so fun about this is failure is no longer a bad thing. Right. Failure is one step closer to success. And yep. that's life in general. Yep. You know, we have to fall to, to learn and grow. We don't get on a bike and just take off. We're going to fall right. a few times, but then we're going to learn from our failures. And that's the key to it all is if they can learn from the nose. Right. And then, and I get all the time, well, we'll role play with them. And I've got this guy that said this, this, and that. What do you say? It's okay to say next. That's the, that's the other coolest thing to go for the no. It teaches volume. Dude, if you need X five life policies for the month, then ask more people. It's that right. simple. That's it. You know, you don't have to convince everyone that walks in your office to buy a policy. You just have to ask them all. Now, that gal I was talking about in my wife's office with the 13 yeses, seven noes, she, she got to 19 noes. And by the way, she's rewarded for yeses as well. We're not going to not reward them on yeses. But um, <laughs> right, right. I heard her one day in there and I heard her go, so our script is, where do you have your life insurance outside of work? And if they say they have it, wherever, and we do outside of work because that's the most common excuse, right? So we... We beat them to the excuse, well, I, I don't have life insurance outside of work. Well, that's exactly why I asked, you know, and we talk about that. And if they say they have life insurance, when was it last reviewed? Well, this girl cheated because part of my rule was you have to ask with our script. And she goes, I heard her go, uh, you don't want life insurance, do you? <laughs> and I was like, you're pathetic, you know, because she was at 19 no's. And then the next uh... thing I hear was, Okay, well, we have a guy here in the office, and his name is Judd. Is Tuesday or Thursday better for you? Right? She is trying to get a no and not a yes. She could Again, yeah. sales 101, just open your mouth. Yes. Right. That's all it is. And it that's is. why you guys are successful at what you do is you're not afraid to talk to people. Yeah. You know, and that's – the problem is we forget to ask. And so – my idea, again, is if I can get them doing 20 no's, 20 no's, 20 yes, 20 ask, whatever it be, eventually, just like the seven habits of highly effective people, we build that habit of asking. It just becomes what we do. Yeah. And timing is key. You know, if you ask someone about life insurance a week after their buddy died, you're going to sell a policy. I don't even care what your rates are. You're yeah. going to sell yep. a policy. Timing. You and only the fail if you don't do anything, right? The answer is always guaranteed no if to don't ask, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I was Craig. taught years ago is the answer is no if you don't ask. Because you, yeah. can't, can't, you can't get a yes without asking. So you true. Know? What were we going to say, Craig? I can't. Uh, I, I, now it's bad timing. Now it's bad timing. But um, I was afraid on one interview going into Garrett White, uh, Wake Up Warrior. That was a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> it was intense. <laughs> <laughs> and well, Judd, of course. You know, that's the that's the other cool part to all of this, though, is those those experiences like you had is what builds our success. Right. 
Because then you can go and you're like, so one of my policies, I won't say who, you can probably figure this out, but one of the life policies I wrote eight years, seven or eight years ago, 4th of July weekend is a Hall of Fame NBA player from the Portland Trailblazers, right? There's only one or maybe two, (laughs) I guess. But uh, he actually called the office looking for life insurance. Wow. He was was living in Texas at the time and he was home for the weekend uh, visiting up here. And he had some of his business with a local office. And they called me up and said, I got a referral for you, but brace yourself. You know, and then they told me who it was. I was scared out of my mind. (laughs) And I got the dude's phone number on my cell phone to this day because he'll call randomly and ask for stuff on his policy or whatever. And uh, coolest guy ever. You know, they're no different than we are. Right. They, they do business because we treat them like us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, we had, um, sorry, go ahead, man. Oh, you're good. I, I, we had, I don't know. I'm in Tucson. So, uh, university of Arizona is here and he, he recently passed away, which is a total bummer. But, um, coach Dick Tomey was the head coach of the U of a football team. He walked randomly, just walked into my office and said, Hey, can I talk to Craig? And my whole staff was like, that's, that's, they're like, you know, typing to me, they're like, Dick Tomey's here and he wants to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, send him in. And I mean, I, he sat in my office for two hours. It was, it was insane. I'm just looking at him going, I can't believe I'm talking to you, man. This is just, it's weird, you know? So yeah, it's, it's really surreal, but it's also a lot of fun, you know, because they are just people. I was just having a regular conversation. And it helps you grow, right? I mean, you, you realize, why am I afraid to talk to anyone? Right, right, exactly. Right? They're, all, yeah. they're all cool. Now, what I did yeah. learn with him, if I ever bring up basketball, conversation's over. He, <laughs> right down, right? he doesn't want to talk about basketball. He just right, wants right. to be a normal dude. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I literally it, dropped out of high school because um, I didn't want to give a speech. I didn't want to give speeches in class, so I studied for the high school proficiency test so I could get out. I was making horrible grades at the time, and I took the test. My mom said, if you take that test, you can get out. And I was like, all right, I'm doing that. I want to go on tour with bands. So I, I literally <laughs> did that. And from that point, I avoided ever in front of people or everything because I was scared. But like what I learned through talking and I've given speeches since and, and doing all, you know, stuff where I put myself out there is, uh, the difference between being scared and excited is just the mental shift because both of them elevate your heart rate. Both of them give you that butter butterfly feeling. You know what I mean? Which I is what I got when I used to play drums and it was super fun. We played for, you know, one time we played for like 25,000 people is like awesome. And, that was such a rush. Well, that's the same thing as just being thing. scared. It's like this, yeah. but mentally it's two different things, right? So when I, when I kind of connected that, I was like, I'm going to force myself to do it because once you're done doing it and you almost passed out and you put yourself out there, <laughs> you get that. That's like a rush. You're like, Oh my yep. God. And then you're proud of yourself and you're like, wait a minute. I can't, I did do this. I can do this. Right. And then the confidence psh, skyrockets after that level up. Well, yeah. my, my wife used to tell me, she's like, man, your job is so bipolar and the, <laughs> yeah. the ups and downs, right? You're dying yeah. because you don't get a cell and then you got the big, and that's the tough part with life. Life sells, you don't have the renewals that PNC give, right? But yeah. you can get some big commissions up front too. And uh, that's what I love. I love the hunt, you know, 
but it's I'm not if you met me on the street, I'm not a really outgoing guy. I, I unless I'm in my work mode, I'm not a guy that's just going to walk into a random crowd of people and, and talk. It's not right. my comfort level. But the rush, mm-hmm. like you said, is so powerful, you know, closing that big cell it, and it helps with our confidence a lot, too. Like yeah. I said earlier, the couple last night, why the heck do they want to work with me? Yeah. You know, and yeah. they're thinking, hey, I just talked to a pretty cool dude. Why do, we may not always see ourselves that way, but that's what's yeah. so cool about what we do. And because you went after the needs, they're, they probably thought, man, I, I didn't know all this stuff. I can't believe. Did you, you know, they probably had that conversation. I'm so glad he told us that. Like, that's something I mm-hmm. didn't know. Like, the power yeah. of information, I think people are, People don't get the power of information, right? Books, like who are the people, the thought leaders of our world, right? They usually write a book. You know what I mean? It's all about information, aggregating information, putting it out there. Those are the people that are the most powerful, right? It's all being able to give, if you can give people information and open up their mind to something that they didn't think about before, that's a a huge thing. You can alter people's lives. Yep. Yeah. It could be as simple. It doesn't have to be life insurance. It doesn't even have to be insurance. Just anything. Help yeah. people. Yeah. Well, our mind wants to label everything, right? Just like to your point, Jason, you're, it's, it's fear or is it excitement? It's the same thing. But in our mind, we're labeling it something. So if it's fear, it's bad. If it's excitement, it's good. And it's like right. all we have to do is, is interpret that thing in the way that we want to and that it becomes that, right? Everything becomes yep. that. You know, if I was it, it, like with going into Garrett, I should be pumped, like psych myself up, not like, oh man, oh, I'm so, you know, and then start doubting yourself, which happens. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just really cool how powerful you can make this thing operate. And that's, and I think that's the fun with the go for the no concept. You know, first off, I gotta, I gotta preface something. I didn't realize there was a book called go for no when we started <laughs> the, uh, when we started the promotion, cause that. So I felt I felt bad, but it's a similar concept. But <laughs> the whole idea there is again, no's and yeses, how we react to them. No's aren't always a bad thing, you know. Right. And and when we understand that, it helps with sales. Just because someone said no, and we hear that all the time in sales coaching. Someone tells us no, that just means not right now. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm not ready yet, or you haven't excited me enough to say yes. I don't even know why I would tell you yes. Mm. So when we can learn that rejection is okay, it doesn't allow the momentum and the mojo to crush and die. You know, it's, right. it's, it, in fact, if we do it right, it fuels the momentum. We get those yeah. no's and thrive on them, right? And there's, yeah. there's nothing more powerful than having someone tell you no three times and then next thing you know, they're, they're signing the dotted line and you're thinking, what the right. heck? This is crazy. <laughs> but you said no. Yeah. <laughs> Why, yeah. why are you saying yes all of a sudden? Yeah, it's because you and didn't take, you didn't fold, right? You didn't yeah. fold. You just said, well, okay, hey, no problem. Then they're like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Sometimes now, the, the best is, is when the customer's asking you to do business, right? Mm, yeah. And I've, I've run into that recently. I was, I was rushed for time last week and we sold a bunch of life insurance last week and I was trying to get to the next call and I, I was embarrassed about myself really thinking back on it, but I was like, all right, well, let's go ahead and schedule time for me to follow up with you. And the guy goes, well, why can't we just do it now? You know, and I'm like, <laughs> why, it, do you guys want to think about it at all? 
we want to we want to do the policy and i'm like what the hell am i doing right now <laughs> You're you know, to- <laughs> I, was, I was just trying to get them off the phone because i had another appointment i had to get to yeah and i was like oh my gosh i gotta slow down it's okay those guys will still be there you know but that's a rush in its own you right. know these guys are yeah. convinced they're ready to go don't don't walk Maybe. away from it you know? are you sure you don't want to think yeah. about it <laughs> there's probably cheaper rates out there you should probably look around a little bit and just see what <laughs> We had, uh, we were, we were doing, talking about something and one of my staff, he heard, like I heard it and he heard it somehow through the mic, but they said, they said that. And he's like, did, did they just say, do you want to think about it? I'm like, I yes. guess so. And, and we went out, it was a coaching moment, but, um, it, it's just funny, you know, with the things that come out when you get nervous and you just have yeah. to be ready to, you know, it happens. We all fumble. We all miss the ball. Just, just keep grinding. Sometimes it works in your benefit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of it's the confidence. Like yeah. the more confidence that you could, if you can build up that confidence muscle, then the no's become a lot easier to hear. Mm-hmm. The way you carry yourself is a lot different, right? You know that, hey, like I, I know that this is going to work. If you believe it's going to work, it can work. If you don't think it's going to work, it's probably not. And if you definitely don't believe it's going to work, it's 100% not going to work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have to be almost irrationally optimistic Yep. every single time. Well, I think this was freaking awesome, Judd. Uh, what we always ask everybody on the last question, and I think it, this question gets more and more interesting as the year gets more and more interesting. <laughs> but, um, you know, with everything, uh, what, what kind of advice would you give somebody from a life insurance salesman and other services, but um, from that side of it, what would somebody coming into that side of the industry, what a piece of advice would be your number one piece of advice that you give them? I, you know, the best advice, well, two things I already said. One is um, people do business with people they like, you know, mm-hmm. slow down. Don't, mm-hmm. don't get too pitchy truly care about the person in front of you they people sense if you're genuine or not and they sense your commission breath right (laughs) and the second part the best advice i've probably ever got is work as though every day is december 31st you know we Mm. crush at the end of the year we cram it out and uh i had a good buddy of mine years ago tell me when i was i was doing sales back before he said, you know, if you just can act like today's your last day to hit your quota, every day you go with that same mindset and that same drive, you'll hit it. And I think anyone coming in, if we could, if we were all as hungry today as we were when we started, we'd be so much more successful than we are. Yeah. You know, I, I'm as guilty as anyone. I'm not going to lie. I, I enjoy relaxing. <laughs> yeah. I, right. Uh, you, you don't get fat by not trying, right? <laughs> There's effort made on my part to not do anything. And so I need to, I need to get that momentum again and, and yeah. just stay with it. But uh, that would be my advice to anyone fresh is don't give up. Yeah. You know, and I think for yeah. anyone in our industry, uh, the, the one thing I heard, and I believe it to be true, is the first two years are really tough. Mm. Some reason, and it happened with me, that two-year mark, two to three-year mark, things click. And I think your pipeline is full, filled up. And, and if you can just stomach the pains of those first two, three years, mm. it's a beautiful, beautiful world after that. It is. It tips. And then it it's does. rolling. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Any, uh, how can, how can people find, uh, to go for the nose on Facebook, right? Yeah. So we have a Facebook group, it's a closed group, but you can find it. It's uh, go for the no. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, we, we, we use that for people. We've got people from all different, uh, insurance companies, uh, sharing advice on how to do financial services, you know, cool. looking for life or whatever it be in that, in that realm. There is no shortage of need for help with that. Nope. So, so, well, Judd, thank you so much. Would you, uh, would you come on again? I would love to love to. Yeah. You guys have been great, awesome. man. That'd be awesome. I just can't yeah, get good. over thank that you. backdrop over there with the, uh, <laughs> I just wish, uh, Candace, whatever her name was, was sitting on a couch or, or, uh, what's that <laughs> other dude's name from the show? The, um, who's the main guy? John the, Stamos. John oh, Stamos. Bob Saget. I need John Stamos on the stairs, just looking over your shoulder right now. <laughs> yeah. Say to have them. Uh, no, I would right? love to come back anytime. Awesome. All right, Judd. Thank, thank you so you much, man. man. Have a good one. Okay. Thanks. Hey, you've got to check out the Insurance Dudes Inner Circle coming soon, where you get extended interviews as well as live coffee talks in our private Facebook group. Join the mailing list today at theinsurancedudespodcast.com. Hey, thanks for checking out the Insurance Dudes. Hey, please subscribe. We got some really great stuff coming out.